Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Thursday the 19th of October. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. A rogue builder from Chatham who took money for jobs he never finished has been ordered to pay back more than £8,000. One of the people he ripped off decided to turn detective on Facebook to try and catch him. Kate's here with the details for us. So tell me about this investigation. Well, Michelle Sawyer initially employed Oliver Hooper-Ross when she spotted a social media ad offering his services. She paid him £1,800 for work on a new garden patio and pergola, but all he did was break up an area of old concrete, leaving the job never coming back despite Michelle calling him several times. She was so fed up, she set up a dedicated Facebook page to see if anyone else had been scammed. And I understand several people came forward with similar stories. That's right. Michelle said she had loads of people trying to join the group and was contacted by several other victims. One of them hired Hooper Ross for an extension to create a home office, paying a £6,000 deposit before he disappeared. Another woman lost £800 after hiring him to replace her disabled daughter's front door after an intruder had broken in. They went to the police and he was charged with three counts of fraud by false representation. So what happened when the case got to court? Well, he appeared before magistrates and pleaded guilty to the charges. He said he hadn't meant to scam anyone but took on too much work at once and couldn't do the jobs and that he was sorry. The judge said he probably had good intentions at the start and gave him a 46-week suspended prison sentence. The 20-year-old from Palmerston Road will have to pay compensation to the victims and do 250 hours of community work. Thanks, Kate. Kent Online reports. Investigations are continuing following a fatal crash on the A2 near Canterbury. A man in his 60s died at the scene yesterday morning after his Vauxhall Corsa collided with another car and a lorry. The London-bound carriageway was closed for several hours. A doctor's told a court how a toddler who was allegedly murdered by his mum and her boyfriend near Faversham was covered in injuries from head to foot. 18-month-old Alfie Phillips died with multiple bone fractures and bruises in Herne Hill in November 2020. 34-year-old Jack Benham from High Street Road and Sean Hedges, who's 27 and from Yelverton in Devon, both deny murder and the trial continues. Kent's Police and Crime Commissioner has called for more prisons to be built to tackle current overcrowding. Matthew Scott says the system needs more capacity to deal with the number of charges being brought by officers. It comes after the government announced less serious offenders would be released on probation to free up space. Matthew's been speaking at a police and crime panel meeting. It is a serious concern and um, I was in my meeting with the Deputy Chief Constable yesterday uh, we, were, we were making sure that we were across all the announcements that were being made. The crisis in our criminal justice system mm-hmm. has many different uh, elements to it, and I'm disappointed that we haven't been able to get to the Royal Commission on Justice that I think was desperately needed a few years ago. Uh, COVID is a contributing factor to the backlog and some of our challenges. However, uh, I think that we also need to look at the fact that recruitment is becoming a bigger problem within the criminal justice system. Um, We're not going to be able to crack that backlog of Crown Court cases unless we are able to recruit more judges. We do not have enough judges to get through that backlog. But we also don't have enough legal advisers as well, who are the ones who actually run the courts on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Too many of them are successful with their training and then go and join another part of government. Uh, that is uh, a challenge. So we're not going to be able to really break the back of this unless those two key problems are dealt with. And I did raise it with the Justice Minister 
uh, Mike Freer again this week because uh, it is of that critical importance. Our Crown Court backlog uh, is the second worst in the, in the country because of the amount of cases which are going through to Crown Court. So there are things that we do need to do um, to improve some of the things that we do, but it's not exclusively the police's uh, problems to solve. We need other parts of the criminal justice system to, uh, to really ramp up their activity, particularly when it comes to uh, recruitment. The issue around the management of offenders is an issue that I will be following very, very closely um, if I need to. We've not long had a criminal justice board, but I will convene one more urgently if I feel that we have got a particular operational pressure. Policing has made some of its cells available to the court service to help manage the flow of prisoners on a short-term basis, which I'm happy to say they are paying for. Um, but it shouldn't be the case that we'd need to find that many places across the whole country in order to ease this uh, process. Uh, my view is a simple one, build more prisons. Mm -hmm. We need more prison places to deal with the extra charges which are going through, um, but also we need to be able to find and recruit the staff to be able to staff them as well. So I, I am across this. It is one of the key issues that my office is monitoring, uh, and um, there are multiple, as I say, issues that we need to address. Kent Online News. Investigations are underway after a man's body was found in a lake near West Kingsdown. Police were called to an area connected to the London Golf Club in Ash in September. Mikhail Brom, a Czech national, was pronounced dead at the scene. His death is not being treated as suspicious. Officers have released his picture in the hopes of piecing together his his final movements. A man's been arrested as police continue to search for a 16-year-old girl who's missing from Gillingham. Grace Fisher disappeared last Friday. Officers have been questioning a man in his 20s who was seen with her. Now, Storm Babette has caused disruption in parts of Kent with strong winds and heavy rain across the county. A tree fell down and hit a car on the A229 in Staplehurst yesterday evening. Police and firefighters were called, but luckily no one was injured. The wet weather's likely to continue into the weekend. Alex Deacon is from the Met Office. Although eastern Scotland will bear the brunt of the heavy rain from Storm Barbette, it is also going to bring heavy rain and strong winds to many, many parts. And then we're also concerned about another area of heavy rain coming into the southeast of England during Friday. All the while, the winds will be pretty strong. And again, particularly in the east on some eastern coast, very lively gusts of wind could create some very large and potentially damaging and dangerous waves, uh, as well as coastal issues. Elsewhere today, a coroner's apologised after wrongly telling a court that a man had taken a strong opioid before he was killed in a crash in Broadstairs. 27-year-old dad Brandon Licorice had fentanyl in his system and an inquest heard it impaired his driving and contributed to the collision. It's now emerged he was given the drug in hospital where he was treated for three days before passing away. Is vid battery storage for the UK's biggest solar farm near Faversham could cause a catastrophic fire or explosion. 800,000 panels are due to be installed on land close to Gravney, along with more than 100 containers for lithium batteries. Campaigners say a new safety management plan is completely inadequate. Cleve Hill Solar Park has been contacted for a comment. 
Charities have criticised plans to move asylum seekers back onto the Bibby Stockholm barge in Dorset. 39 people were sent to live there in August as part of government plans to cut down on the use of expensive hotel accommodation. But they were moved off just days later after Legionella bacteria was found in the water. The Home Office says all necessary tests have now been completed. Candy Udwin from Stand Up to Racism says the group will be there to give the men a warm welcome. People from all over the area have given us messages or are bringing messages down to stick into to the card which we will give people we've got welcome packs for the guys with some basic toiletries in them care for calais say conditions on board are like a prison they'll continue to fight the policy and provide legal support for refugees kent online reports a faversham woman is campaigning to improve low treatment rates for pancreatic cancer in memory of her dad nicola allen says her father received no treatment after being diagnosed with the terminal illness and he died just 12 weeks later she's joined the don't write me off movement, which is calling for the government to find a way to make sure all patients have the best chance of survival and quality of life. A sitting-born woman's been ordered to pay nearly £5,000 for fly-tipping. Bridie Deeprose advertised her waste removal services on the Nextdoor app, despite not having a licence. Household items and rubbish were later found dumped in country lanes in Faversham. An engineer from Kent has been telling us how his apprenticeship has helped him in his career. Nick Lettham is working at National Grid, but says not many young people know the programmes are even an option. It comes as a new report shows the number of apprenticeships, particularly in the engineering and technology sectors, has dropped. Nick's been telling Kate how he got into it. I'd already done, uh, I'd been through university, I'd done uh, electrical engineering, and then I wanted to go into the field um, I chose an apprenticeship because I have no, um, I've got no experience actually operationally in the field. So I thought the best role for me, for me suited to get into the company was to was to go for the apprenticeship and I can get trained up. And how have you found that process? Was it an easy process to apply for? Was it competitive? Were there lots of people trying to do the same thing? I felt it was very competitive. When I joined, we were actually given the numbers. And I think for every uh, one person that actually got the role, it was 81 people applied for it. What's the benefits for uh, the company to hire an apprentice? Uh, a fresh mind. And then I can I can obviously take on a lot of experience. I can gain a lot of experience and knowledge from other people that are in the field that have been working in the industry for all these years. Uh, and I can get that from each of them. And I, I'd also say that you're, you're, where you're quite green and you're quite fresh, then you're going to pick that up. And then you can carry that knowledge and experience forward and pass that on to others, but also develop your own ways as well. It's quite interesting because you were saying that you searched for apprenticeships during your studies. So there wasn't any sort of outreach from them at all. You didn't see an ad or anything like that that made you want to pick it up? No, I just, obviously, I think before I would have gone to, university I wouldn't have known anything about National Grid and what I, what role I would have needed to have worked there it wasn't until after I was like right I like power system engineering the power system is National Grid connect the dots and I was like okay that's where I'll I'll apply for a role there and then saw that they had training um training uh, schemes available apprenticeships available do you reckon it would be uh, worthwhile for companies to be doing more outreach programs with schools or uh, other universities just to let people know that apprenticeships exist? Yeah, I think there's there, there definitely needs to be a bigger drive there. Um, 
I know that they already do it, but I think if they if they're seeing a decline in numbers, then to let people know and not just late on sort of for those, but some of the people that are perhaps going into those later stages of education so they know a year in hand before they're applying that okay, we need to be uh we this is this is what you need to be looking at if you're interested in then it's an option available there now you can head to kent online or follow us on socials to see a new house being built near folkestone that neighbors have described as like an alien spaceship the former bungalow on sunnyside road in sandgate is being converted but residents fear it's not in keeping with the area it's emerged an admin error meant locals weren't told about the proposals and the councils apologized the owners and developers have been approached for a comment a hotel in Ashford has been named the world's best country retreat, even beating competitors in Mallorca and France. Boys Hall in Willsborough picked up the prize at the National Geographic Hotel Awards. The venue is said to have won for its thoughtful interior design. Seafront homes in Folkestone that became famous for whistling in the wind have hit the market for more than £2 million. Neighbours of the luxury complex complained of a high-pitched noise coming from the balconies. This is what it sounds like. Bosses say work will be done to stop the noise. An empty Lidl store in Canterbury is set to be taken over by Farm Foods. They've already started recruiting staff to work at the new shop on Sturry Road. It's due to open in December. Archbishop's Palace in Maidstone has gone on the rental market and could be turned into a wedding venue or boutique hotel. The 14th century building in the town centre is owned by the council and was previously used as a register office. It's available as a whole or divided into three properties. The first ever youth festival in Dover is taking place this half term. Future Foundry, which helps young people set up businesses and events, are taking over a large space in the Charlton Centre to stage eight days of activities. There'll be art, sport, climate, music and drag workshops. Nicola's been chatting to Elizabeth Tophill, who's from the organisation. We felt that we really wanted to celebrate how culturally engaged young people in Dover are. Um, so we went into all of this, all of all but one of the secondary schools in Dover to find out what they're doing. And um, we wanted to find out also what they thought of the town and yeah, also yeah, what they want to see more of. So tell us a bit about what's going on during half term. There's loads of activities planned. Can you give us in a bit of a nutshell <laughs> an overview I'll try. of what's happening? <laughs> we'll have the upstairs um, of the Charlton Shopping Centre in Dover set up with loads of installations of the work we've been doing um, as part of the festival, kind of exploring all of the different activities that Dover's young people are doing. So we've got installations on food and food football and um, young people are apparently spending loads of time walking in nature which was a really fantastic surprise to us so we've got some information about that Um, then we've also got a program like a live events program and workshops program so they'll be um, we'll be having um, a really amazing we'll be launching the festival with um, the um, songwriter and singer Jake St Ange who will be there on Saturday the 21st at two o'clock um, then we've got a film festival day on the Sunday. Um, we've got um, information about careers and we've got the big draw on the Monday. Um, we've got a waste and fashion workshop on the Tuesday um, and cyanotype photography as well. 
And we've got a music workshop on Wednesday, so you can write a song in a day with the artist Ollie Seeger, which will be brilliant. We've also got sign writing. We've got a climate action day on Thursday. So kind of we want all the young activists to come out and, and have their say on climate action in the local area. And we'll be doing we'll be making sculptures out of waste material and doing a lot of talking about what we can do for to help the climate um, going forward. Um, and then on Friday, we've got very exciting drag workshops with the Anxious Pickle Cabaret Club um, and ceramics workshops on that on that day as well. And on Saturday, um, which is the final day of the festival, and we'll have a special surprise on that day. So keep your eyes on social media for that. You said that you went into schools and, and chatted to some of the young people and you mentioned you were a bit surprised about some of the things they were already getting involved in. Have they really helped to shape all of the events happening next week yeah they have absolutely shaped all of the events we've we we you know when we were planning this we kept on saying oh wouldn't it be nice to do something you know like circus skills or you know something really kind of radically different but actually it felt more more like it had more fidelity to the survey and to the young people in Dover if we kind of went back to that all the time and were looking at exactly what what the young people of Dover are doing. And so everything in the festival is representing something that has come out of that survey. I was particularly interested with the climate side of things. I mean, it does seem to be something that really young people are particularly interested in at the moment. Is that why you decided to dedicate an entire day to to that particular theme? Yeah, it felt really important because, as I say, we didn't actually we didn't actually ask a question about um, climate change and about how young people felt about climate change. But we did ask what people are what young people are doing in their spare time. And one of the top results was was spending time in nature and walking in nature. And that really showed us that young people value the natural environment. And it felt like it was a really good way to talk about the climate emergency and how young people feel about that. We we also, as an organisation, we we look we look at that a lot. We've run a program called Closing the Loop, where we look at the circular economy and ways of actually having sustainable businesses that don't have an impact on the environment. So it felt like a really important thing for us to include that. Are you quite surprised there hasn't been a festival like this in Dover before? I am, and I'm not. I think that it is surprising because obviously. Dover's young people are amazing you know young people are amazing but I think they are often overlooked and I think it's really important that we give them this platform to show what they're doing and to really celebrate them. The festival gets underway this Saturday. Plans are being put forward for a Best of Kent weekly market in Ashford. Labour councillors think it could increase the number of people coming to the town centre and will suggest it at a meeting tonight. If given the go-ahead, it would run every Saturday in part of the High Street. And festive markets will return to Folkestone Harbour Arm this Christmas. Organisers say it'll be the biggest and most magical year yet. It'll open on November 17th. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham's interim boss has been charged with misconduct following their defeat at Walsall at the weekend. Keith Millen was given a red card after appearing to trip an opposition player in the technical area when they went to take a throw-in. The FA says he's got until Friday to provide a response. Meantime, the club's owners revealed they've interviewed more than 20 people for the vacant manager position. Brad Gallinson's planning to meet the ones who've been shortlisted next week. He's thanked fans for their patience after Neil Harris was sacked two weeks ago. Keith Millen will lead the side again this weekend. 
And finally, we've been chatting to the Sheppey United captain after they made it through to the first round of the FA Cup. They beat Billericay on penalties on Tuesday night. KMTV's Bartholomew Hall's been asking Richie Hamill how it felt. Just overwhelmed with the emotion, really. I think the way the game went as well is a, a really sort of traditional FA Cup tie, as you sort of remember them obviously going ahead and then being pegged back sort of five, ten minutes to go uh, and then having to sort of pick ourselves up and, and go go again, really. Um I think I felt quite confident when he went to penalties. I knew Aidan would would save one. So as long as we sort of converted our five, I, I knew we I knew we win. But yeah, yeah, great feeling at the end. Though. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, it was perfect five for you guys. What, what's the feeling um, that one day on then? You know, are you thinking of thinking already towards uh, November? Or are you just kind of just living in the moment? Yeah, I probably hadn't sunk in completely yet. Um, yeah, I was still sort of taking it all in. Um, so it'll be obviously a massive occasion for the club. Um, but yeah, say so back to sort of. Back to reality. Come Saturday, back into yeah, trying to play catch up in the league. Obviously, playing a little bit behind with all the FA Cup games. So yeah, that's the sort of start of the season. Probably would be the main focus. But yeah, to trying to get points on the board now in the league, and then yeah, something to look forward to in November. And first time for the club in in the first round taking on Walsall. Obviously, a League Two side. What, what are you thinking about that draw? Yeah, it should be a great occasion. Uh, I'd say a lot. Of, uh, I think speaks a lot of the players there rather than playing playing away at their ground. But I think it'd be yeah. Again, another great atmosphere at home. I fancy us at home against anyone. Um, I said that yeah, throughout the throughout the competition. So it'd obviously be a really, really tough ask, and we'd have to be at our very best, and they'd have to probably have a, a really bad off day. But yeah, these things happen in the FA Cup. So yeah, I'd say we'll we'll take it as it is, and hopefully we can yeah get a result. You know, over the sort of next month, there is going to be a few more eyes on on Sheppard United as club captain. Do, do you do you welcome that? Do you think the club sort of deserves to be on the on the map? If, yeah, I mean, it's great exposure for the club for the team the players I say yeah this season it's been a bit stop starting the league but yeah the FA Cup's put a yeah, massive light on, on the club which is obviously it can only be a good thing so yeah sort of long may it continue That's all from us today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok you can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing to sign up just head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust This is the Kent Online Podcast.